Algar Productions. Sarcastic Voyage presents the continuing story of Contentment Corner. people. Oh, that's kind of impersonal. People. Eh, I don't like that. But I've been your not-so-humble narrator for quite a while now. We have a whole relationship going, and I don't even know what I should call you. Not friends. I mean, I'd like to think that we are friends, but you can't open all of your podcasts with, hi, friends, not gang, or folks, or guys. Then I just sound like a middle school drama teacher, and that'd be weird. How about gentle listeners? Not the most perfect fit, but we should probably be getting on with things, or this entire episode will just be me trying on different names for the audience, like so many hats in a, uh, well, a hat-trying-on montage, I suppose. Today, gentle listeners, I want to talk to you about Doomsday Devices, specifically one particular Doomsday Device that's been almost activated twice in Contentment Corner's history. It was originally conceived by the time-traveling transatlantic genius Giselle Giraud in 1987 and assembled atop the tower outside radio station SVFM. But before her plans could be fully realized, she was stopped by young Vatican St. Corby and agents of the Ministry for the Unconventional for Canada and the United States. Yes, we know, we have a terrible acronym. I must inform you that you are surrounded by agents and ask that you step down from the radio tower. You'll never take me alive! Oh, I think we will. What are you... Well, you seem to be lowering some kind of transparent enclosure over me. I shan't be caged in this trite manner. Do you know why? The device was confiscated and stored safely in a vault beneath Contentment Corner, accessible only by the Sheriff's Department and a few top municipal officials. But in 1992, Deputy Mayor Gart Champson managed to depose the town's beloved Mayor for Eternal Life, Oscar Tyrannis. As acting mayor, Gart gained access to the vault and, his ultimate intentions remaining somewhat obscure, nearly completed assembly of the Doomsday Device atop that very same tower. You're sure this is the place? All of the magical energies seem to be convening here. Here? Outside the radio station? Where the... acting mayor seems to be building some kind of a death ray on top of the radio tower? Also, did you just spell magical with a K? I'm so proud. Behold. The hell is going on up there? What? Who are you? How did you get on top? <laughs> Felicity, did you just kill the acting mayor? She did indeed. But in fairness, he had it coming. And so the device was returned to the secure vault and more or less forgotten about. Which brings us to the present. Having recently rediscovered Giselle's original plans for the device, the sinister cosmetics mogul Zizix Jones is now struggling to learn its true purpose so that it might serve her own morally dubious plans. What the bollocks is this sodding thing for? But before we get caught up in that whole mess, we did already give you quite a lot of Zizix in our previous installment, after all, gentle listeners, let us first turn our attention to the offices of Zizix's rival, Ottawa St. Corby. So, uh, can I get you anything? Coffee or tea? Water, maybe? I'm good, thank you. You're good. Okay, well, that's good. You know, your factory floor sounds almost identical to the factory at Zizix Cosmetics. If I closed my eyes, I could swear I was still sitting at my desk in that building. Huh. Yep. 
I'm sorry, this is all very awkward. I know you came here to help me stop whatever it is they're getting up to over at Zizix, and I do appreciate that, but I think we got off on the wrong foot. Is this because I didn't want to hear you talk about your weird relationship with your security guard? Well, no, not exactly. Not exactly? It's just, well, something I've always been good at is connecting with people emotionally. It's why I've been such a successful CEO all of these years. I find that a foundation of empathetic trust can lead to a lasting relationship, whether in business or in one's personal life. Did you want something, Ottawa? No case, thank you. Oh, okay. Listen, I just came here to offer you some corporate advice in exchange for money, which I could then use to buy myself things like food and clothing. Like they say on those awful reality shows, I didn't come here to make friends. Understood, but... Making friends is nice too, isn't it? I suppose it is. And I'm sure under normal circumstances I'd find your overwhelming kindness inviting. But I've recently opened myself up to two different people and had my heart broken by both of them. But see, talking about what you've been through is exactly the sort of thing that we could form a bond over. A bond that could over time become unbreakable as we forge the road of life together as friends. Don't you make soap here? We do, but we also make love. Not make love as in, I'm not trying to come on to you or even flirt with you unless, is this friendship flirting a thing? As much as everyone in this town talks about you, nobody talks about how strange you are. Gondola, I don't want you to feel intimidated. I want you to feel included and loved. This is what I want for everyone, everywhere. It's all I've ever wanted for... Case, what the fuck is it now? Sorry, uh, there's, well... Miss Vanderbork here has a visitor. A visitor? But who even knows I'm here? Domingo, I told you to wait for me at home. Is that the flamingo that used to belong to Jad Cortland? He is, yes. I've been taking care of him, and he's gotten very attached. Yes, I can see that. Wow, he just uh, flew right up into your lap there. I'm sorry. I can send him home if you... No, 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 it's fine. Absolutely fine. If he makes you more comfortable, he can stay. Here at St. Corby Soap, we encourage the use of comfort animals, comfort objects, and just generally anything that makes you feel more comfortable. You can go now, Case. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I know this is not very professional of me. It's just, when Jad died, nobody else would take care of Domingo here, so I started doing it. I understand. Just a typical day in Contentment Corner, honestly. Oh, of all the strange things that have happened to me since I came to this ridiculous little town, an overly affectionate flamingo wouldn't even make the top 50. Oh? Well, I came here some time ago to look for my sister, who had gone missing. And on my first day in town... I knew she'd crack eventually. They all do. Bollocks is this sodding thing for? You're still studying those doomsday device plans, my darling niece? You've been at it for over a day now. Have you even slept? I'm a ghost. I don't need sleep. And I thought you of all people were on board with my latest destroy St. Corby soap scheme, Uncle. Unfortunately, the boys in the lab, as you so quaintly refer to them, can't make heads nor tails of these designs. So now, as usual, it's down to me. I could have a look at them if you'd like. Oh, please, Ravenna. No offense, but you're quite possibly the stupidest person I've met in 30 years on Earth, plus 30 more in the underworld. It's Ravenna, not Ravenna. I don't care how much more English it sounds. Really? 
That's the only part of that sentence you took issue with. Morning, all. Did I miss anything? Hello, my dear. Mwah, mwah. Oh, Everlet, thank heavens. You've a decent head on your shoulders. She sure does. Hello there. Who's this? This is an imbecile. An imbecile who incidentally has been throwing herself at your man since she got here. Really? Yes. Now, doesn't that make you want to claw her eyes out, slap her in the face, and any number of other petty acts of violence that would hasten her departure from my office? Well... Come now, dear. You're not jealous, are you? Not jealous. Disappointed. Here we go. That you'd get started without me. Wait. What? Wait. What? Oh, my. Clegg, we've shared a bed and a couch and a coffee table, a park bench, a kiddie pool, also probably other places, but those are the ones that I was sober for. A three-way is practically a one-way by my standards. This is not going the way I'd hoped. But it's going exactly the way I'd hope. Tell me, Evelette, was it? At your service. I'm certain we'll all end up sufficiently serviced if we do this right. I don't know how to do it any other way. This is disgusting, Uncle. You can't possibly condone this sort of depravity. No, I'm into it. Ugh. <laughs> so then, on literally the same day, I said out loud that maybe that witch's curse had finally worn off. Then baby Tanda's mind got shoved into a Raggedy Ann doll that we had donated to the Goodwill. Only because she was still a baby and she couldn't talk, we didn't realize it until they had nearly tossed the thing into an incinerator because it was too shabby to sell to people. She almost burned to death! Ha! That was like the time I dropped my phone down a sewer grate, and when I opened the manhole to go after it, I found myself at the literal entrance of hell. They let me go, but warned me that if I ever looked back, even briefly, my eternal soul would be a forfeit, and everlasting torture would await me. <laughs> did, they, did they give you your phone back? Yes, but when I got back to the surface, I discovered that they'd switched my carrier to AT&T. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry if I came off a bit strong earlier. It's just, I've always been able to form that emotional bond with people. I don't like to brag. Honestly, I don't. But it's sort of what made me, me. Only since there are three of us knocking around inside this body, it's become extremely difficult for me to be sure of where I end and the others begin. So I tend to overcompensate to assert my, for lack of a better word, Ottawa-ness. I understand. And I'm sorry I came off so cold. It's just been a long day. Year. Life. Oh, I hear you. Times three. Yeah, I guess you do. It must be horrible for the three of you to share one body like that. It's not ideal, but we've learned to live with it. It does mean never having to fight over the same bathroom, at least. You really do manage to find the bright side in any situation, don't you? I try to, yes. I think that's why Zizix must hate me so much. Oh, that reminds me. I told you that Mr. Jorgensen brought Zizix back as a ghost, didn't I? You didn't. So she's just floating around the place now, haunting it? Oh no. Get this. They made her a skin suit. Is that exactly what I think it is? Do you think it's a gross, rubbery bag meant to look like actual human skin, but failing in every important sense to do that? Yes, I do. Nailed it. 
How about the old Peoria handshake? You ever give a man one of those? Hmm. I've done a Honolulu handshake, but I'm not sure I know... Quiet, all of you. Even me? Especially you, Uncle. You're supposed to be a captain of industry, and yet you seem far less concerned with assisting me in running this company and far more concerned with strapping on these leathery old feed bags to sow your wild oats. Hey, I thought we were friends. Yes, I also thought that. Strapping on gives me an idea. Let's add that to the list. All of you need to shut your bloody gobs whilst I make this phone call. Is that a rotary phone? Do they even still make those? They don't, but we were able to find one in storage. Sizzix was having trouble operating a cell phone. Oh, my dear. I know you've been dead since 1987, but modern phones aren't that complicated. It wasn't that. It's that touchscreens won't respond to this bloody artificial body. If you're done with that thing, I'm sure we could find a use for it. Yes, yes. I'm quite impressed with your collective libidos, I can assure you. Are you? Because there's always room for one more. No. I still don't want to have relations with uncles and idiots. Now shut it. Ocean. Yes, good morning. Is this the Ministry of the Unconventional for Canada and the United States? Uh, what? No, this is a jelly bean store? Oh, cut the act. I'm well aware what your top-secret government men are getting up to over there. Who is this? And do you want to buy some jelly beans? Oh, I don't have time for this. Put Agent Reigns on. Agent Reigns is dead, ma'am. Ah, damn it, I'm really terrible at this. So this is M-U-C-U-S, then? <sighs> yes. They just sent me here to replace the late Agent Reigns, and I forgot what cover story we're supposed to be using. So I saw this jar of jelly beans on my desk and... I'm sure I don't care. Now, this is a hypothetical question, Agent Ocean, was it? Okay... If a person, let's just say they're a fine, upstanding citizen, a real pillar of community... Is this your hypothetical question? Do good people exist? Because that sort of abstract philosophical quandary might be outside the purview of the ministry. I hadn't finished. Say this hypothetical soul came into possession of a certain highly sophisticated set of plans for a weapon well beyond their comprehension. Should I be writing this down? If they wanted to consult someone at your organization for a considerable consultation fee, obviously, to help them understand the inner workings of such a device, is that something you could arrange? I... no, that's... No? All right, let's try it a different way. If I were to ask you if anyone there knows what a heuristic resonance filament is, would your answer be yes? Who is this? Never mind who I am. Well, it says here you're calling from Zizix Cosmetics. What? No, no, I'm not, I'm not. How on earth did you trace this call so fast? I thought you had to keep me on the line for at least five minutes to do that. Sure, maybe if we're on an episode of Hill Street Blues or... Barney Miller or Dragnet? Last! I'll say this for those old telephones. It's much more satisfying to slam them down in a fit of anger. Plus, I bet we could fit that receiver. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is getting us nowhere. Wait, so you actually dated Aaron Fawcett? The Aaron Fawcett of Mysteries of the Unexplained? Well, we went on 
a date. I wouldn't say that we were dating. My sister thought we were, which is how that whole mess got started. Oh, right. With the cat fight in a fountain. Not my finest hour, I must admit. Oh, you can't escape that sort of thing in this town. No, I suppose not. Anyway, I believe I dodged a bullet there. He doesn't exactly seem like the most stable person. Uh, Ottawa? I can handle this. Case, get out of here! Right, that's uh, right. Listen, I know we have this whole awkward thing happening right now, and it's super cute and not at all frustrating that you seem to have brought this relative stranger in on our personal problems. Too far? Maybe just a little. Anyway, we can go back to that whole uncomfortable mess if you want, but... We're going to have to do it off company property. Case, are you trying to kick me out of my own building? Because if you are, I think you might be letting your very marginal level of power as a security guard go to your head. Ottawa, and and the rest of you in there. Also you, I guess, whatever your name is. It's Gondola. Sure. All of you, and me, and everyone else, we're all fired. Case, what are you even talking about? Nobody's fired. I own this company. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You don't anymore. There's a representative downstairs from Corpco International. Apparently they did some kind of hostile takeover thing with stocks and Dow. What are... Here. They, they said this paperwork is all in order. Majority shareholders, over 51%. Vacate the premises immediately. My god, you're right. Somehow the company that's been in my family for four generations doesn't belong to me anymore. I bet I know who's behind this. All right, but have you two tried munging? What on earth is munging? Yes, consider my interest piquid. Well, you start with a shovel. Oh, thank heavens. I don't know how much more of this I could handle today. Quiet, all of you. Jones? Yes. Yes, go on. They did. She is. And you're absolutely certain this isn't some kind of a trick. Oh, they have. Well, that quite honestly is the best news I've heard since I got back from hell. (sighs) Bye-bye now. What is it? Oh, have you managed to stop sex-chickening one another long enough to care about what happens to this company? I'm an excellent multitasker. Ooh, I don't know that one. Sounds kinky. Loathe as I am to discuss such matters in the office with the likes of any of you, I can honestly say that the news I've just received is better than any orgasm any of you will ever achieve. Is that a challenge? Apparently, St. Corby Soap has been bought out by some monolithic corporation. They swept into the place quite unannounced just now and threw St. Corby out on her benevolent matriarchal arse. That's... Excuse me another moment, won't you? That's probably more great news. (laughs) Hello? What? Who sent them? They said what? How dare they? Do they know? I don't bloody care if they threaten legal action. I will take them... The Zizigs, darling... There are some rather heavily armed security guards here to escort us out. Would that call, perchance, be related to this? Apparently, we've been bought out by the same corporation that ruined St. Corby. (laughs) They've stolen Zizik's cosmetics right out from under us. But... my 
birthright. What in God's name does this mean? It means we're all on the dole now. In English, please. American English. It means we're all ruined. Out of work. (gasps) So you're not rich anymore? I'm afraid not, my dear. We are ruined. (sighs) To be honest, I was never entirely clear whether I even officially worked here or not. Episode 43 of Contentment Corner featured Mark Bosco as Case Cutchington, Christy Brannon as Evelette Verino, Terry Drozdek as Gondola Vanderborg, Brian Lynch as the guy who forgot to look up an alternate translation for the word narrator this week, Kara O'Connor as Zizix Jones, Nicole Santora as Miss St. Corby, Amanda Smith as Ravina Donovan Sorrentino Takahashi Von Schmidt, Jason Wallace as Clegg Jorgensen, and Ron Algarwatt as Agent Ocean. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt and produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2018. Plus, I bet we could fit that receiver into somebody's butt.